I think we're just going to start a couple seconds early, because why not? Um, welcome to the Startup Innovators Challenge. This is where we get to vote on who we think are the top music tech companies you should be paying attention to this year and into next. So we have 10 winners that will be presenting today um, across all different areas of music tech. And uh, I'm going to kick things off with having each judge go through, tell us who you are, what you do. Hi there, I'm Bobby Knoll. Uh, I do music conference programming for South by Southwest, uh, kind of focus on music tech stuff. Uh, Brian roped me into this very recently, so I'm excited to be up here and surprised, and we're going to have fun. Yeah, I'm Patrick Anding. I'm, I'm an attorney at Wilson, Sunstein, Goodrich, and Rosati, and we're a longtime sponsor of the Music Tech Conference here. Uh, my personal practice is in the startup and media tech uh, world. I do a lot of uh, companies in LA, San Francisco, all up and down California. I'm always excited to come here and see new companies, and um, I think this is a, an interesting intersection of entrepreneurship, of, of music, which is a hard place to make a world for yourself, and then startup technology, which is another hard place to make a world for yourself. So it's always fun to be here. And do you want to also quickly mention there's going to be a prize from your company? Oh, yeah. Um, at the end of this, the judges are going to circle up, and we're going to offer um, some uh, 5000 I guess 5000 Do you know? $10,000. $10,000 $10, of... Uh, Cutting us down to five. Of uh, uh, free legal services. Uh, <laughs> Uh, to one of the uh, one of these lucky uh, uh, companies. Hopefully, they'll need, they'll need them. <laughs> we'll bill you for we it later. We expect that I'm comment sure. out of you. <laughs> okay, carry on. Um, hi everyone. My name is Sherry Hu. I am a media and entertainment writer for Forbes, and I focus on the intersection between technology and the music business. And this is my first year here, so very excited to be part of this. Hi, my name is Todd Tate. Uh, I'm the old community architect for the SF Music Tech Summit, South by Southwest Accelerator Advisory Board, longtime product and business development talent. Happy to be here. Cool. And I'm Patty Silverman. I'm an advisor for the SF Music Tech Summit. I've been running this panel for like five or six summits at this point. Day-to-day, uh, -day, I'm a launch and growth strategist for music tech companies. So we're going to uh, start with a quick two-minute intro from our platform for the startup competition, which is Unoodle. So welcome them. If you could tell us a bit about what you do and why your technology is so awesome. You can grab that mic. Awesome. I'll just talk. No, no, no. No? Oh, okay. Great. Thank you. Um, I am Adele, and I am the COO at Unoodle, and we are a sponsor of this wonderful competition that many of you are finalists in, so congratulations on becoming finalists. Um, we at Unoodle are super passionate about powering the global startup revolution and helping entrepreneurs like yourself find opportunities for growth and connection and feedback from very valuable judges like yourself. And um, so as an entrepreneur, uh, go check out unoodle.com. Hopefully you can find other opportunities to help advance your startup. And um, we have worked with over 700 different programs globally. And we're very proud to be have a database of over 150,000 entrepreneurs from 180 different countries. Um, so we're always looking to create opportunities for these entrepreneurs 
entrepreneurs from wherever they're from and in whatever industry they're from. And we try to make connections with them between, um, with organizations like this wonderful event. Um, sometimes we work with corporations or governments. Um, so uh, if you have any more questions, I am here and we are very excited for this event today and I love hearing the pitches from startups um, and all the cool things that you guys are up to. So congratulations and uh, we're excited to be supporters of this. Cool. And I'll quickly mention that a lot of our past winners have gone on to do like incredible things. So Ticket Ferry, you might see Ritesh walking around today. They got into Y Combinator after winning this. They're doing nearly $50 million in ticket sales at this point. We had Crowd Album got acquired by Spotify. Um, we had a company called TuneSpeak out of St. Louis. They just raised $1.3 million. These companies are definitely ones you should be keeping an eye on, and I think they're going to go on to do great things. So we'll start with audio drops. Okay. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Seth Hillinger, uh, founder of Audio Drops. I'm also organizer of the New York Music Tech Meetup. If uh, any of these startups ever want to demo in New York, come find me later. Um, and also my background, uh, real quick, is that I've been a software developer since 1999. Um, and uh, I was at a company called Thumbplay that got acquired by Clear Channel and turned into iHeartRadio. Um, and so my startup is called Audio Drops, and it's a location-based music discovery platform. Our goal is to make music uh, significant again. And uh, we intend on doing that by, by creating a deeper connection uh, between uh, what you're listening to and where you are. And that's my daughter. Um, let's go back again. And so the way it works is uh, these circles that are moving around here, they are they're drops that uh, users have left. Um, you can select each one. These are all kind of close to each other because I created a, a SF Music Tech Walk for all of you to try out later. Um, but you can, you can select each one and uh, see how far each drop is away. You can also see who dropped, uh, who's made drops nearby, including Todd Tate. Who's that? Yeah, he's that guy. And if we want, we can uh, click on his profile and see what he dropped. And he's got one follower right now, uh, which happens to be me. Whoa. And... Um, and then we can even go to my profile and see all of my drops and what I've dropped and who I follow and things like that. Um, back to this screen. Uh, so the way it works is um, the, the closer you are to the drops, uh, as, as you're walking about, the circles change size. So um, the closer you are, the larger the circle is. And uh, when you're within 100 feet, you unlock it and it starts to play. Um, actually, I think I just I just unlocked your, your drop. Um, we're underground a little bit, so location might be a little bit, it, it bounces around with there's, when there's interference. Uh, when, you, when you unlock a drop, it gets added to your collection, and then you can play it again anytime. Um, also in your collection, you can see how far away each drop is, how many times you've been there, who left it, um, and you can always play it again, so. I can select Bob Marley and listen to this again and see where I see where I unlocked it. Um, you, you can also leave comments, and uh, comments can have links in them. 
Um, see if I can find oh, one example of that. So last week we participated in the Future of Storytelling in New York and we created uh, a whole walk around Central Park, except instead of music, it was all audiobooks. And then uh, on the link, we also included a link to, to actually buy the book. Um, and what else can I show you here? So anyone can leave a drop uh, by, by clicking on the middle button. Uh, you can search on Spotify or SoundCloud. Uh, and you don't have to be logged in to either one. So we can search Bob Dylan, see what comes up. Uh, scroll, scroll through, sample it if we want to verify that's the track that we want to listen to. And then we can leave a message and drop it that way. Um, but part of, part of our, our goal is this is an augmented audio platform. And, and part of our goal is actually to, to have you put your phone away and in your pocket. Um, you know. Virtual, virtual reality is really cool these days, um, but I have... Wrapping up time. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Can I, can I, one more feature, okay? So uh, when the phone's in your pocket, we have this really cool audio compass that you can, um, when I turn it on, it will ping in your left ear if the drop's off to your left, ping in, in your right ear if it's in that direction. Uh, I guess we can't he really hear it right now. But the idea is to put your phone away in your pocket. I, that's my vision for the future. I don't believe people are going to be walking around with virtual reality over their faces. I think where my goal is to have them put their phones away, see the world around them, and have music be more relevant to where they are. Great. Thanks. So uh, while our next startup is getting set up to demo, we will turn to the judges. Do you have any questions you want to ask about audio drops or comments? But just to be clear, everyone today is a winner. But you can still be critical. That's fine. So um, myself, I'm the lucky. I'm lucky. I was actually, you know, called in at the last moment. But I was a lucky guy. I got to be a beta tester of Seth's app, and I really dig it. I've seen a few of these. Uh, you know, I call them audio graffiti apps. And that, the only thing that ever really worries me about that is like when it hits critical mass. Um, you, you know, there's like there'll be. Uh, you know, 10,000 drops on Hate Street, and it would be hard, to a certain point, it would be hard to, like, use the app when it hits a critical mass. I'm just kind of curious how you would solve that. Right. So, um, I got unplugged already, but uh, there, you can actually filter. I'll just show you real quick. You can, you can filter by who's nearby. Oh. Yeah, it's cool. You can just You tell can us. filter by the user. So, yeah. uh, our, our goal is to partner with artists and brands. And if an artist has like an exclusive walking tour, uh, they can invite their fans to to like a, an event mm -hmm. somewhere. Yeah. And when they when they get onboarded into the app, we'll say, hey, let's let's just uh, just follow the band, and we'll we'll only show you the drops that they've made. Right. So as a user, you'd only see your friends' drops, and as a band, you'd only see your fans' drops, stuff like that. Um, yeah, and, and that's perfect solution. The, yeah, exactly. So th there's ways to broaden and narrow depending on what type of experience you're looking for. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Thank you. Fabulous. Thanks so much. Audio drops. Um, next up, we have Disco. Thank you, guys. Came from very far to join us today. All right. Hey, uh, my name's Carl Richter. I'm uh, founder of Disco. Flown all the way from uh, Melbourne, Australia. Here with um, Tim, who's a New Zealander, but is based in LA. 
We're, um, we're both music supervisors, so I've been running a team down in uh, Australia for around 14 years or so. Uh, there's offices across Melbourne, Sydney, Auckland. During that time, we've literally placed thousands of, well, hundreds of uh, TV commercials and also um, uh, film and uh, online and a whole bunch of other stuff, working with the sorts of brands that you can see there. Around four years ago or so, I realised that we were spending a lot of time on the very simple task of downloading, uploading music. So we were getting swamped with Box, Dropbox, WeTransfer links. The time that was spent not only in downloading that data, but then having to put it into a, um, a consumer product in iTunes and trying to utilise that for an enterprise purpose. Uh, we had a look around and um, there literally was nothing else out there. Now, interestingly enough, this is a problem that isn't just for music supervisors, but basically anyone in the music industry, in the um, ecosystem, publishers, record, record labels, managers, they're all using this default version, which is just basically storage box or Dropbox plus iTunes to try and share their music files, something that they do on a very basic level day to day, and also they manage from a workflow point of view as well. So uh, we went and made Disco. Uh, there it is there. It's a, um, it's a SaaS product. It's B2B. And essentially it makes for a fast and frictionless way where you can uh, play music and um, build a list and uh, share that with people. We're having a, a couple of little problems here with the um, internet. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go. So. Yep, that works. <laughs> That's Courtney Barnett, another great Australian export. Um, so you, what we're looking at there is the, uh, is the centre part of Disco. As you scroll over it, the metadata pops up, so the metadata travels along with the files. Again, a really big time saver here. That's something that previously you'd have to dig into iTunes to um, download the track, and then you can quickly amend that metadata as well. Uh, and when you actually click on that, um, uh, when you click on the Saints there, another good Australian band, it immediately shows all of the other playlists and things that uh, the other playlists and files that that has been in. So this becomes a very quick deep dive where we can go, I can go very quickly back through playlists that we've worked on back to 2011. Uh, and so what we're doing there is capturing the creative choices that our team have made and for someone like a publisher or a record label, it unlocks the value in, in, in immense catalogues. So it's a way to get your team up to speed. It's a really great uh, team um, uh, interface in that sense. At the same time, we're also losing a lot of time with uh, uh, having music come in. So we have a disco inbox. That's where record labels, publishers upload the music to us. And then it turns up in, into our disco. We can then uh, drag and drop. And at the other end, it's a quick one-click uh, URL save. And for the people that are receiving it, they receive it in this way. Um, it's not just music files, there's also uh, film, uh, movie, PDFs, J JPEGs as well. Uh, we've, had, um, we've been in private beta since middle of April. We've had a really nice uh, pickup on it. There's um, around a million uh, copyrights that are currently managed under different disco accounts. A hundred companies are using it. Uh, we're pretty early on in the um, onboarding, but we've already got 50 of those that are paying and uh, feeling a lot of love for this product simply because of the amount of time that it saves. And it's basically, we hope, will become the default version that the music industry uses to transfer music files. Thank you. Perfect. A round Just of made applause. it. That was brutal. For Disco. Uh, judges, a couple minutes for any questions you might have or thoughts on their platform.
They're speechless. No, that's great. That's a first. Wow. That's either really <laughs> bad or really good. I don't know. I think it's really good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering, have you heard of a company called Splice? Yeah, it's nothing yeah. like Splice. Splice it's is really, it's nothing like Splice. Nothing this like more, Splice, okay. This is kind of, and, and that's been raised as well. Mm -hmm. um, this is more of a workflow app. So this is more joining the, the, link, the gatekeepers, so the music supervisors, to the record labels, to the, to the artist managers. So it's basically just making your network work harder and faster. Yep. Great. Cool. Is that it? Cool. That it? Finished. Yay. We'll probably have some time for audience questions at the end, um, so you can hold those. So next up, we have Magic Instruments. Oh, this is going to be cool. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Brian Fan, CEO of Magic Instruments. Now, everyone in the world wishes they could play music but so few actually do. The actual numbers are 97% of US adults wish they had learned to play an instrument. 12% actually do. And all of the people who did started learning when they were kids because that's the only time in your life that you have thousands of hours and years to practice. Now, I'm one of the lucky ones. I started learning when I was five years old. I went to the Juilliard School for nine years for piano and music theory. Fast forward a number of years, all right, even though I can play anything on the piano, and I've played in concerts, and I've played in rock bands, I always wish I could play the guitar. So a couple of years ago when my, when my daughter was born, she had, a trouble, she had trouble falling asleep, and I discovered that if I played her music, that she would settle quickly. Now, I couldn't lug my piano to her crib, and so I thought to myself, this is the perfect excuse for me to start learning to play guitar. After all, who's going to have an easier time than someone who's got really trained fingers and a lot of musical knowledge? It was the worst experience of my life. I can tell you the guitar has the worst user interface ever invented. <laughs> my fingers hurt. It was painful. It took forever to practice, even play a couple of chords. To play my first song took months of practice, of tedious, painful practice. So not only is it hard and painful, it just takes thousands of years. And you know, in today's busy world, most people don't even have a single minute to spare. Um, when I was a kid growing up, we had 13 channels on TV and nothing else to do. These days, people are competing with Snapchat and Pokemon Go. So we decided to use technology to reinvent musical instruments and to make them a lot more accessible. This, this is the Magic Instruments guitar. Like a traditional guitar, it features strings for strumming and finger picking, but on the fretboard, we've got buttons that enable you to play entire chords with a single finger. And we've got a companion mobile app that gives easy playing instructions and lyrics for a vast catalog of popular songs. So let's see what some total musical beginners and novices can do with this product. This is Alana. Her and her friends played with guitar for 15 minutes each, and they have a band in 45 minutes. Okay, this is Soraya, she never played guitar before. This is her first song in five minutes. And this is her half an hour later. Look at how much confidence she's got. <laughs> so, in any case, here's the guitar. Any one of you can come and try it. I guarantee if you don't play music, you can play one of your favorite songs in a couple of minutes. And for those with greater musical ambition, we provide a more fun and easy pathway to learn traditional guitar. Thank you very much. Great. Questions down the line? Um, I'm wondering, have you talked to any um, 
musicians who play actual guitar and like I'm just curious to hear their opinion on yeah yeah we, we've talked to a bunch of musicians who play the guitar um, and in fact um, Matt Bellamy who is the guitarist for Muse legendary guitar player and rock star is one of our investors he what he has said is that you know for people who don't play music it's a great way to get started and for singers and other non-guitar playing musicians it's also a great tool for creation for songwriting how much do you plan on retailing that instrument for? So this is our first instrument. This is sort of our, our, our Tesla Roadster. This will retail for $399. Uh, the average guitar last year in the US sold for over $400. Thank you. Oh, where do you plan on selling it when you launch it? So initially when we launch, we will launch uh, directly on our website and also via Amazon.com on e-commerce. Uh, over time, we plan to distribute uh, at retail uh, and principally through a combination of uh, musical instruments uh, stores as well as consumer electronic stores. The songs, are they, are they stored in the instrument? Is there a companion app that goes with it? The songs are not stored in the instrument. There is an app that displays lyrics and tells you how to play the songs. And so you are actually playing the songs. There's no recording stored in the app. It's just lyrics and, and chords, basically. So if someone's learning guitar on this, how easy is it for them to pick up a regular guitar once they get this figured out and start playing on that? So the answer to that is we make it easier and more fun to learn how to play a traditional guitar. Uh, the reason a traditional guitar is so hard is because everyone just wants to play, play one of their favorite songs right away. But in order for you to play your first song, you have to learn four or five chords in that song before you can even play that song to begin with. Uh, what we do is we get you started in what we call magic mode, which is what you saw up there, where people are playing music right away and having fun, and then we layer on the traditional chord fingerings after that. And so you're playing music while you're, and you're having fun while you're actually practicing. So they, cool. they get there, but it'll still take practice. Excited to see where this goes. Thanks so much. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, our fourth startup of today is National Performing Rights Exchange. If you have questions in the audience, we'll make some time at the end for that. Hi, my name is Lee Greer. Uh, I'm the founder of the National Performing Rights Exchange, or NPREX. NPREX is a patent-pending uh, exchange for performing rights. Uh, the exchange will enable music owners and music users to engage in direct licensing at prices that are openly negotiated and uh, follow a sophisticated pricing algorithm. NPREX will enable direct licensing in the same space where ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, and GMR engage in collective licensing. Um, I was the head economist for BMI for seven years. I left two years ago to build NPREX because I believed that the industry needed a uh, well-organized exchange uh, that, uh, that brings together both sides uh, and, and uh, can, can help out the um, solve some of this the collective licensing framework that's got so many uh, cracks and, and is showing such a so, so many troubles. So, um, uh, fortunately, um, the future of music licensing is not the past. We believe the future is NPREX. And Nita Ragawanzi, our senior vice president of business development, is going to walk us through a simple example. Thanks, Lee. Um, hey. Um, so. 
After decades of working in the music industry and including eight years at Sound Exchange, um, I was really excited when Lee told me about NPREX. It's, it's definitely this thing that I've been thinking is a long time coming. So NPREX is a direct licensing online marketplace for public performance license. Think eBay where the parties come together to do a transaction, but with a sophisticated pricing algorithm that would allow music users and music owners to come up with a price and click, click, come up with a direct license. The main draw to the music publishers would be the lower admin fee. So right now, the current PRL system charges around 20% admin fee for domestic transactions. NPREX would cost about 5%. The savings alone would be a win-win for both music copyright owners and music users, streamers, broadcasters, etc. So this is how MPREX works. <clears throat> if you're a copyright owner or a music user, you log into your account and begin with your budget tool. This is your chance to use the MPREX pricing algorithm and learn about how to price your copyright or music use. Once you do this, you would enter, into your, enter in your pricing preferences in your licensing profile. Where a buyer and a seller's preferences match, a license would be executed automatically. Where they don't match, direct negotiations could be carried out through the interfaces. Once a licensing agreement is reached, a smart license would be generated. The MPREX exchange will calculate the fees owed based on the music usage, unless the parties agree otherwise, and provide a settlement of the bill for the end of that licensing period. And once again, click, click, the music user's payment goes direct into each music rights owner's bank account. You may wonder why this platform has not been created. Well, part of it is uh, that has confounded the industry has been the valuation problem. Lee, tell us about the valuation problem. So the valuation, the valuation problem is the following. What is the price that a music owner should charge for a license given uh, the ability to pay the music, uh, the music broadcaster, the music usage by the broadcaster, the fact that the broadcaster needs to deal with several other music owners, and the uh, market power of an individual seller. Now, the the problem mathematically, I can't show you to. It, I can't show you. It's proprietary. I can show you the solution, which may or may not mean much to you. The point here is that no single buyer or seller can solve this problem, but the exchange can. Inprex can, because this is the system, and Inprex itself is the system. Thanks. That's the secret sauce, or part of it anyway. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of benefits to the MPREX system. And um, you know, I, I, there's a whole bunch, but I want to pay partic particular attention to my favorite one right now at the bottom, which is no DOJ and no rate courts. This is a direct licensing system. Wouldn't need it. Wouldn't be part of it. The leadership team of NPREX is here. We have our CTO, Brian Brown. We have our CFO, Ned Collins. Uh, there's Lee. There's me. And uh, so if you want to find out more, I just want to let you know that we are funded with $1 million of founder and seed capital investment. And for the past several months, we've been talking to the industry and received a very warm welcome. Beta testing is commencing in weeks, and a Series A investment round will follow. And if you want to participate, no more, go to info at nprex.com. Thank you so much. Thanks. Judges? Um, I'm not sure this, if this was covered, but what if you don't agree with the algorithm? What is the process then? The algorithm is subject to certain inputs, and you choose those inputs, and the algorithm generates the price associated with that input. So in choosing the input, you are choosing the price. 
we didn't get know the price before you agreed anything. That, that's right. The, the budgeting tool that you saw first is where the broadcasters and, and publishers and so forth will go in and learn about how to set the key parameters so as to generate a price. So they'll know on the front end, both sides will know on the front end what kind of prices are going to be generated. Yeah, with respect to sellers on your marketplace who are offering rights, um, are, do you vet the sellers or onboard them from credible sources? Or if, I, if I'm a buyer, do I, how do I know they actually have the rights I'm paying for? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we'll, we'll certainly vet the rights holders coming in to make sure that what they claim they can sell, they can indeed claim or can indeed sell. I mean, we'd be working with a variety of partners out there, potentially existing performance rights organizations, foreign PROs, and other organizations that have that data already in there that have been confirmed and verifiable. Okay. Great. Thanks so much. <laughs> Next up, we have Mind Music Labs. Hello, everybody. My name is Michele, I'm the founder of My Music Labs, and uh, this is Census, the first real smart guitar in the world. That was Census, and uh, we are my music labs. We are a Stockholm-based company, and what we are building is a smart musical instrument for the connected world. Let's start from the beginning. That is what was happening a couple of hundred years ago, you know, for an audience of 10, 20, 30 people. But then, wow, 69 Woodstock, 400,000 people. So the question is, why that happened? I mean, why musicians, they were not happy with the acoustic world? Why they need to go to the electric world? Musicians always have been looking forward to new sound, the new expressivity, and most of all, to reach more and more people. They needed to get louder. So how is gonna, what's going to happen today? What's happening today? Musicians need to use the same cable from 50s, plug it in device, other device, cable and charger. That's how they increase their sound modulation expressivity. Plus, this is how they connect to each other. Still get the guitar, the same cable, go in a sound card, computers, and it's, I mean, everything is so complicated, just space, time, and money. So, that's why we have created Census. It's fun, right? <laughs> and uh, it's a great guitar. I mean, we are, it's a perfect combination between a tradition and new technology. So, and also it's a wireless uh, digital audio workstation. We're actually creating um, for the full standalone experience for the user, and it's a connected device. Connectivity is what we want to give to the musician. They need to reach anyone, every time, everywhere they are. 
And uh, this is actually what has happened after the release of the video. In a few days, over 2 million organic views and uh, you know, 15 uh, languages, the, the press all around the world. But what I want to say is that the census is just the beginning. What we are creating is the first IoT platform for a musical instrument. There is so many things happening in the industry, VR, AR, IoT, so many things, but everything is running outside the stage. Because on stage, we still use the same cable from 50s. And we believe that connected musical instrument is the key to go and to bring the musical instrument in the today world. To give to the musician connectivity, to connect them and increase the way how they can interact with their audience. That's it. Thank you. So we can either ask a few questions or maybe ask them to do a little live playing. Of course, we have the guitar here and everybody who wants to try it, I mean, would be very welcome. Okay, so maybe we'll do that after. So if you guys have questions. What's it gonna retail for? I mean, we have on our go-to-market price, um, market strategy, we're gonna go out with the premium model first because no one, uh, we need musician on stage and no musician will go on stage for a, a guitar that is less than three, four thousand dollars, the big musician I mean. And then the way how to scale down the technology is really fast and easy because basically the core of the technology is the operative system inside and then can be scaled down to the kid version. When you say connectivity, what exactly do you mean? Connecting to what? To, uh, to the connected world. Means, I mean, in the guitar, we have our oper uh, operative system, and which means that every sensor can control sound inside the guitar. But I can go on stage, shake the guitar, control laser, visual, VR, AR, and it's all stuff that we are already doing without any using any driver or other software in between. All the information just go through your Wi-Fi. And then together with the guitar, we're going to release also the development kit for the developers. I mean, it's what Android did for mobile. And uh, it's a big ambition, but yeah. that's what we are trying to do. Okay. Yeah, I have two questions. One, is there uh, an ability to take your technology and license it to build it into different types of guitars from other manufacturers, like a Gibson or a Fender? Could they take your sensors and technology and put them in their guitars? I mean, that's basically uh, the, the guitar, uh, the, the system. It's a computer board with a system inside that can be built not only in the guitar, but in any musical instrument. Then do you have any patents to cover any of Three patents. Time for oh, one more? You just mentioned that you can use the guitar to like control visual elements yes. live on stage. So are you going to be like making new lasers just for that purpose? Like how no. Is that? no? That's the, I mean, the guitar has full integration with everything it's working today. I mean, we are already collaborating with a VR company. And basically, I can play the guitar, move the guitar, and control in real time what is happening in the Oculus. And with, with, because the all information coming from the sensors and from the 3D motion on the guitar are basically sent through the Wi-Fi. Thanks. Thank you. Excited Thank you. to have everyone try that one afterwards. Next up, we have Pacemaker. Hello. We're also from Stockholm. <laughs> so I'm Jonas from Pacemaker, the Instagram of music, and we are fixing social music with a digital mixtape. And today, we have 3.4 million downloads. We have 150K monthly and we see 20% persistent growth in our best users. And uh, 
Apple loves us. Tim Cook and Apple Management have chatted about Pacemaker. We've had coffee with Phil Schiller. We've been main banner featured globally twice, an Apple Design Award, and much more. And we are helping users engage with the music they love. Uh, and today there's playlists, and they are really easy to create, but not very engaging, and there's little room for personalization. On the other side of the spectrum, you have original music, which is highly engaging and oh so personal, but impossible to create. You need to be Avicii. In between here, <coughs> there's mixes, and they are, uh, have lots of room for personalization, and they're highly engaging. Also one of the most popular categories on services like YouTube and SoundCloud. And there's Mixcloud, uh, uh, dedicated to mixes, and they have millions of users. But mixes are infested with rights issues and still too difficult to create, limited to just a handful of pro DJs. We're addressing both of those issues. So we are using machine intelligence to make mix creation as easy as creating a playlist. A very personal next generation playlist that we call the digital mixtape. A couple of weeks ago, we launched the 2.0 update, uh, which added the social features uh, with digital mixtapes at its core. So our users can now create, share, consume, like, comment, follow, and remix any mixtape available in the network. All this in one focused, gorgeous mobile experience. And we are saving our mixtapes as metadata as recipes. So we are bringing mixtape creation and consumption to the growing music streaming market, estimated to have almost 300 million paying users by 2020. We're currently integrated with Spotify and soon with more services. So I'm the CEO and product lead. And my products have been awarded the German Design Prize, the Swiss Design Prize, Red Dot, uh, Apple Design Award and much more. I also have a background as rocket scientist, researcher in the field of driverless cars, and DJing. <laughs> Daniel is our CTO and the engineering genius in Pacemaker, and we've been working together for the last 10 years. Koloff is our marketing and branding whiz, and we are the co-founders, and we've been on this mission together for five years. So today we raised $3 million, we have 3.4 million downloads, 150K monthly, and we see persistent 20% organic growth among our best users. And I should mention that all of this is on the previous version that was creation only. Uh, the virality in the 2.0 update will improve on this growth. Uh, and if you want to know more, uh, you should check out the app. It's live on App Store. Uh, we're going to add the, the external sharing on Thursday. Uh, and we're setting us up for a Series A in Q1, Q2 next year. And if you want to know more about that, just tag me outside, and I will tell you more. Thank you. Judges, take it away. Any questions? Can we see it work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I have 15 more minutes. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of technology. So I, I decided to not demo, but it's... Okay. Yep. Who's your demographic for this? 
So the younger generation is uh, very much into this, the Snapchat generation. I mean, you see this uh, technology empowering creation all over the place now. Um, so we, we say we are the music app for the Snapchat generation of creators. How do you plan to monetize it? There's many different ways. What's your plan, though? There's a lot of different um, ways. So the current feature set will always be free. Um, but our users want more control, so we will charge them for more control and exposure. And there's brand collaborations. And um, we can boost. If, if Once we reach critical mass, we will generate a significant number of streams. And then we can boost streams for rights owners. OK, thanks so much. Thank you. Our next startup demoing is Crates, who are joining us from Japan. All right. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Taishi, Chief Marketing Officer of Crates. So what we do, Crates, is we're trying to reimagine how vinyl records are being made and also uh, released. So we are calling ourselves a one-stop shop for creating and, and releasing vinyl records. As an artist or a brand, meaning a label or even maybe an a music blog, you can come to our service, design, crowdfund the manufacturing costs of the vinyl record. We will press those records and fulfill those records to all of your fans and even put in a distribution deal with 200 of our physical retail uh, shops, which are located worldwide. One of our uh, value propositions that you can start pressing those records uh, starting from 100 units. If you haven't uh, tried pressing vinyl before, it usually starts to, uh, from the well, hundreds and not, if not thousands. And we will deliver those uh, at an average of six to eight weeks worldwide. Now to remind you kind of what is currently the process of how vinyl records are made. The customer journey starts by first looking for, well, a vendor who actually does that. Maybe it's a, a broker, maybe it's a plant. And then you would contact that person, tell them, your specs, maybe you want double vinyl, you want color vinyl, there's, there's all sorts of crazy things you can do these days. And then you get a, a, um, a timeline on when that would, I mean, and right now in the US it can be something like six months. And assuming that that is acceptable, you would finally turn in your digital assets, meaning your uh, vinyl ready masters and your artwork, and then you would wait and wait and wait and wait until those records get pressed. Assuming you already have a warehouse, um, to store those records, uh, you would uh, ship them somewhere, set up an e-commerce uh, site where you would sell those records, ingest your inventory, and then you would finally transact with your fan, and then you might even have to do your own labeling and shipping. So again, so this value chain is extremely long and complicated and can include up to maybe three or four parties. What we wanted to do is make this very, very simple. The customer journey does start with a search by looking for us. And on our site, you would pick the color of the vinyl that you want, build it right here, upload your artwork, your preview files, and your vinyl-ready masters. And you get a dynamically updating quote on how much that's going to cost. Why that is valuable is because, let's say if you go to a Kickstarter or Indiegogo, uh, any other uh, crowdfunding platform that is out there right now, you can, of course, effectively raise uh, you know, your, your costs that are included in creating those records. 
but you have no idea how much it's going to cost to press those or, or deliver those worldwide. We make sure that all of our uh, artists and labels that come to our service are never in the red by pr providing a um, profit simulator. And within minutes, you have something that looks like this. Right here is a project that we did with um, Hip Hop Artist Common and Jay Dilla with uh, cooperation with Universal Music. So you have a showcase of the vinyl that you're going to sell. Uh, Common actually gave us a shout out for the release and tell a story and listen to the tracks right there. How it works, again, you create your site by providing your digital assets. We will publish the, the site within minutes. You sell them and then we will distribute them, one, two, three. Our business model is uh, two things, actually. So for every successfully funded project, uh, we take 15% if you want us to fulfill those records to one place. If you want us to fulfill them to, uh, to all the individual fans, it's 20%. And we also have a little bit of a, a revenue margin on all of the records that are pressed. Uh, when we launched uh, about a year and a bit ago, uh, Forbes had called us the Kickstarter and a, and a digital vinyl store. Um, but uh, again, we do have the, the manufacturing side built in, so we're a little bit more than Kickstarter, I think. Uh, presently, we're calling this segment our B2C uh, business model. In the future, we're trying to go into the B2B. Gonna try and actually skip this. Um, just wanted to say that our top three markets are the US, UK, and Japan right now. And, sorry, I'm running out of time. But um, again, so our B2B is working with marketplaces and music services. This is an example that we've done with um, uh, by ourselves with SoundCloud. So pre-populating demand for all and any set track on SoundCloud, we will line up people to order vinyl and then we'll go back to the artist or the label and say, we have 30 people lining up for your uh, track on vinyl, why don't you crowdfund the rest on crates? Similarly on Discogs, there are, there's a whole database of people that are saying, I, you know, a thousand people want that record, a thousand people want this record. We want to make sure that artists and labels are getting revenue with reissues on the, the, every single um, back catalog that they have, not just on their most wanted uh, top selling catalog. <laughs> Lastly, sorry, um, so we're trying to reimagine uh, not just on-demand digital music, but how do we make a hybrid of on-demand uh, digital and physical music? Imagine, if you will, this is actually a streaming service from Japan, but uh, you're listening to an album within the sub-menu Right there, you have the ability to pre-order or participate in wanting that product on vinyl. And then once there's enough people wanting that, you have a link on Creates to buy this. Uh, considering that all the music services in the world pretty much have the same catalog, if you do that at scale across all the services, not only do you uh, uh, drive manufacturing speeds up and costs down, it creates a new dynamic for on-demand vinyl. Thank you. Thanks. We probably have time for one question from the judges. How many records have you guys pressed? Uh, about 60 right now. Do you own the press? No, we do not. We, so it's like we tap into a fleet of... Yes. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thanks. Next up is the One Music Group. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Ariel. I'm the product director of the One Music Group. So first of all, let's start from telling you a little story about the One Music Group. Um, the whole company actually started based on this single question. What does it take 
to get a six-year-old interested in learning piano? Because this was actually the question our founder was trying to solve to get his own song, like a six-year-old little boy back to the time, to start learning piano. And he had tried everything in the market. So he tried to find the best teacher he could uh, within his network. He invested lots of money and time and go with the sessions with the little boy every time. Um, he even asked his wife to become a tiger mom, just trying to stick through the two months of practice. Uh, none of those worked. Um, so that triggered him to think about like, what does it take in these days to really get kids you know, interested in learning music? And he talked to his song. The little boy's reaction is kind of interesting. He was saying, I like music, but for the past two months, the lessons I'm going, it's just so boring that I have to do finger practicing every day. I have to learn through all the music theories. But really, I just want to get to the song I'm, I'm interested in. So with all those in mind, um, as a software developer himself, he actually started to create this solution. So this was the very beginning of the solution. He tried to install lights uh, and make an iPad app. So anyone pretty much can just jump on it right away as long as you can fold the light on the keyboard. Um, and his little boy likes it. And good enough that lots of people is getting interested and he decided to just make it as a full functional piano. And what's next? Uh, based on all those user feedback, we start to add more um, functions into the app. So you can learn not only from the sheet music by following the light, but you can also learn from video tutorials, uh, from games. Uh, also, there is a fast track for you as a mu music lab that's um, a very specific design session that we have professional teachers break down uh, the most popular songs into sections and you can just follow the sections to learn songs in a few hours or a few days of practice. But we, we knew back to the time if only half the software is not enough. So actually we dive into the whole massive, I'll say craziness of hardware you know, manufacturing and design. And Two years now, we have the full line of other products. So from keyboard, that's pricing at $299, to the pianos are pricing at more than $6,000. And where we are today, we in the past two years, we helped more than 60,000 users uh, learn playing piano by themselves. Uh, we have won quite a few awards from parenting associations to NAM to CES. Uh, and the most touching moment I was sharing this morning was yesterday I got an email from the user who is in India and bought a keyboard for his dad. Um, the dad was 83 years old and he had Paxington and always wanted to learn piano but never got a chance. And today with our piano, he was able to learn for hours within three weeks. Um, and we are doing more to grow, further grow the community. Uh, so. This year, we started to sponsor and co-host the Long Long 101 Pianist event. This is the event to bring uh, 100 uh, piano uh, students together to play, to enjoy the fun and find a musician, uh, music passion. Uh, and we are also develop piano classroom solutions so it's affordable and available um, worldwide. Okay, any questions? Judges, any questions? 
Uh, I'm wondering how many teachers do you have, or do, do you like mm -hmm. hire teachers to create content for the app? How does that work? So um, this day for the content creation, we have it in-house. We actually have partnership with the top musician schools. But for the piano classroom, we actually have it as a, uh, as a chain model. So we have more than 2,000 um, piano classrooms right now all over the world um, focusing on that. It's a software solution, so it's much easier than training a piano teacher from scratch. Uh, anyone with basic music you know, training, they can start. Um, only until when you get into higher levels, you'll need like, more professional knowledge. Any final questions here? No? Thanks so much. Uh, the last two winners did demos already earlier in the day, so we're going to invite them up to talk for one or two minutes about their projects. Um, starting with Dot Blockchain, Benji Rogers. Hi, I'm not. I'm not going to do a presentation. Um, uh, so um, I'm going I'm to burn some time here too. I presented my first company, Pledge Music, in the one-minute pitch session seven years ago. I just pulled that picture of it, so this is an awesome um, forum, and Brian and Shoshana are doing an awesome job of doing that. Dot Blockchain is the creation of a new music format, essentially an MP3 for 2016 and beyond that will anchor music rights into the blockchain um, as and make them interoperable with all the in service providers as they go globally throughout the world. There's no place to store music rights, and every creation of an MP3 is another opportunity to basically change and alter those um, uh, continuously. We created um, a public benefit corporation around this and put open source software into a GitHub repository. And the goal is to create, the, an, a user could create a song, I as a songwriter, and I can loop in my PRO, my label, my publisher, my digital service provider, build authority within the song, and each time a change occurs, it's going to track that change in, uh, in a blockchain uh, ledger in a very public way. And so each participant to the song can be known. So if that song's covered and if it's um, basically moved or changed or altered or ownership is, is uh, amended, the digital service providers know exactly who to pay and how to pay them. The service works quite simply in the same way as if I send a, a Microsoft Word DOCX document over to someone, it will basically open up in your workstation and say, oh, what rights do I have to this? What can I do with it? Or what can I not, what can I not do it would be even more important. Um, and we, as yeah, I, that's, this is an unscripted version of what I did 20 minutes ago, which was a 45 minute presentation. Um, uh, it's in GitHub, uh, github.com slash .bc. There's a public Slack channel. You can hit me up at Benji K. Rogers. Um, and I'll leave time for everybody else. Thank you. Great. Definitely important technology you should pay, be paying attention to. I think it's going to change the industry. Do you guys have anything to say about it? I have questions, but I'll ask it. I'll ask Benji later. Okay. okay. Um, is Sunhouse in the room? So was anyone in the drumming panel earlier yeah. and saw the cool drum technology? That was Sunhouse. They're not here to talk about it, um, but try to find them during the cocktail party because they're doing some really cool stuff around drums if you're into that. Um, so how many minutes do we have left here? We have like three minutes left. So if judges, if you have anything else to say or audience, we can open up to you or we can have some people come try out demoing here. Um, 
question in the back? We'll run the mic to you. Okay. You want to come up and try playing it? We can't do that now? Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Anyone have any questions for any of the startups here? Can I ask? Oh. oh. Someone already asking a question? No. It's, it's no. all you. Okay. Um, I just had a question I thought of for the pace, for Pacemaker. So you said it's like mixtapes and curation for the Snapchat generation. But um, my understanding of mixtapes is that they're usually very long, or they take a long time to get through, whereas Snapchat, some people argue it's like shortening people's attention spans. They don't want to be going through an entire mixtape. I was wondering, have you thought about that balance at all? Can we get you in front of the mic? We're recording. Thanks. Hello. Oh. Yeah, so, so it's actually, I mean, um, I should have added a video or something to demo. Um, I realize when you asked for demo. But basically, all you have to do is select a playlist, and then you hit the feature called Mix Playlist. The AI will take one of the tracks from your playlist, make sure that track two matches track one, make uh, sure that track three matches track two, and then it automatically creates transitions in between each and every uh, mix. Uh, so it's like two things, and then you have a mixtape. Okay. So wait, so it just it so makes the process of like putting all these songs together into a mixtape easier. S super easy. Yeah, it's sure. like okay. you select a playlist, you hit mix playlist, boom, you're done. Okay. Uh, and but 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 then the, the whole reason with that is to inspire you, so you will keep on engaging in the music. Um, but there are a lot of users that that now they just do, they select a playlist and then they do mix playlist and then they share it. So. Mm -hmm. But the, the, those, those uh, mixtapes are of lesser quality. So uh, now I know to look for the ones that are done track by track. Cool. Yeah, and I noticed you can, um, you can designate when the transition goes. Yes, yeah. so that, that's uh, our, sorry? That's cool. Looks like a, a crossfade. It's, so it, you basically just uh, drag the waveform yeah. earlier or later to select it's slick. Yeah, an yeah. earlier or, or later it's mix. It's not a, a mashup app. Um, it's just a mix. Mixtapes. Yes, the but classic cassette mixtape, digital version. Yes. Cool. But <laughs> there's a feature coming called Edit Transition. So what you're playing with now is Change Transition. And mm. that's, that's one degree of freedom. But mm -hmm. with Edit Transition, you're going to be able to set the in point and out point. And you will be able to actually mash tracks together. Oh, cool. Nice. So that's it, coming. It's, so uh, it's, it is time for the cocktail party for those who want to nice. drink. Um, but feel free to stick around and try out um, some of the instruments here, and we can hang in this room for a bit. Thanks for coming out, everyone. <laughs>